there's no way out I've got to show them what I've become And there's no doubt Got my back to the wall and I'm still hanging on There's no way out I've made my choices where I belong And there's no doubt When the road gets up I keep my head strong Troubles in my life have been all the same With a strain in my mind getting hurt again There's a pain in my heart but it's just a game Gotta get over it, won't go insane Won't achieve anything while I'm down Don't wanna give out my heavy weighted frown I'm stopping this now, I'ma turn it around Heaven's on the ground, now I'm looking at the clouds Gonna make a change like a change, bigger getting changed Gonna stay the same with my mind frame rearranged Gonna wish the blue out my mind and my eyes Was I blind in my mind cause that was old times Cause I'm starting fresh with a clear vision You can even spell my name in optimism Just track the M's and I and the P And then what you're left with is me Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to tonight's episode of the Zod Writer Show. After a long six-month hiatus, I am back here on psn-radio.com. And with me tonight, I have my special guest, as promised, the legendary big man on campus, YouTube himself. This is the Film Gob, and this is a gentleman I've been waiting uh, to talk to for quite some time. I've been following Film Gob forever, and uh, I don't know, I, 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 I wasn't sure what Film Gob thought of me, but I figured once I asked him on the show, and he agreed right away to be on, I didn't question it anymore. Welcome to the Zod Rider Show. Hello everyone, thank you Zod for having me on. Uh, I, I, had seen you, uh, I had seen you around on Twitter, but I didn't know you had a, a show of your own, so uh, and then I saw you on the Film Junkie uh, live stream, and I thought... Oh, this is uh, pretty cool. The guy's got his own show, so uh, it was. I, I, I like always. Uh, I like to follow other people who have got podcasts, YouTube's, especially when you're in the the kind of Snyder Cut movement and all that kind of stuff. So it's good to be on here. Oh yeah, and you know we got. I guess I guess right away we can you know we can address you know the elephant in the room that comes up on every show. I mean that's that Snyder Cut. I mean that's something <laughs> that that at this point. We've all been campaigning really hard for, for what, going on over two years now. It's, it's, it's been really incredible. I mean, the way the movement has kind of come together, literally, and, and achieved so many wonderful things. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, amazed. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm doing, I'm putting together another video. You know, I, I see a lot of people making phone calls to Warner Brothers and uh, Walter Hamada. I think you did it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I had called into Walter Hamada's uh, personal assistant. What I've been trying to do is I was just trying to get Walter Hamada on the Zod Rider show for a podcast, and and it's so funny because the first couple of times I called, you know, I would get like the runaround because I called about four times, and I'd get this runaround from from the from the assistant. But every time I would call, I would just start off every every phone call. I'd get it. I'd get a Warner Brothers operator. And it would just be a generic, you know, a generic operator. And I would just say, yeah. 
Walter Hamada's office, please. And they would transfer me right away. They wouldn't even, I, I've never, all these people, I'm getting confused because all these people are getting voicemails and, and they're getting, you know, the runaround because I think the mistake they're making is they're asking the operator right away when they first get on the phone with that person about the Snyder Cut. And yeah. you, and to me, I don't really feel like you should do that because if you really want to reach somebody, you have to have a specific person you want to reach. I also called uh, Warner Brothers, well, not Warner Brothers, Warner, Warner Media uh, last week. I called AT&T to speak yeah. to John Stanky, they're the head of their, I guess, the head of Warner Media, the head of AT&T, and yeah. they're, uh, the way their call, calling thing is set up, it's all done by AI. So basically, when you, you know, you call there, you get an AI voice, you know, asking you who you want to be connected to. Yeah. And then, you know, you say, I said, John Stanky, please. And instead of, and so it connected me, it said connecting to John Stanky, and it connected me there, but it just went right to a voicemail. There was no, there was no personal assistant. Like, I will say this for Walter Hamada, at least we got a wall, we got a personal assistant for Walter Hamada. If you ask to be transferred, most of the time you will get somebody there. There'll be somebody for you to speak with, but with him, no, it just, it just goes right into a voicemail. There is no, there's nobody. You know, and I, yeah. I tried back. I tried back again later in the week, and I didn't even post about it because the first time uh, was exactly like the second time. So there yeah, really, I, was, there really was nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think I saw like two people post videos that they had caught. Like they want, you know, people wanted proof. You know, some people like, uh, yeah, where's the proof? So some people posted themselves, uh, like recorded themselves calling in. Uh, so I've seen those videos on Twitter. And, uh, it is, is, is difficult because, you know, you, you might get through to someone and they, they, they might just want you, they, they might just want to get you off the phone. So they might just say anything just to, you know, get you off the phone. Because exactly. uh, I know some, some people in contact centers, call centers can be like that. So, uh, or offices even, but, um, I, I'm hopeful, you know, that we'll get something, you know, announced. Um, soon, uh, like I know people say, oh, this is going to be like the Donner cut. It's going to take twenty years. I'm like, no, uh, I, I doubt very much. Um, it's going to take that long. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't realize, the most profound difference between the Donner cut of Superman two and the Snyder cut of Justice League is Zack Snyder shot everything for mm. Justice League. The Donner cut, uh, Donner didn't finish it before he left. When Donner left, there were still a lot of scenes that needed to be shot, which is why you have a lot of scenes in the Donner cut that were taken from the uh, theatrical cut of Superman 2 because they didn't have enough material to pad out a full-fledged Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. So literally, the, the Superman 2 that we got is not exactly Richard Donner's vision, but it's as close to what Richard Donner wanted that with the material that was available. And that's what a lot of people need to understand. There were vast amounts of stuff that Richard Donner shot before he left, but when he when he left the film, he you know, he had a lot of stuff that he he, he didn't get to. And the thing was is they, they shot a lot of stuff 
for Superman the movie and Superman 2 simultaneously. So that's yeah. something that that's the reason why that's the most the main reason why a lot of the Superman 2 stuff why Donner even had as much Superman 2 footage as he did, including the Marlon Brando stuff. Because Marlon Brando never came back for any reshoots or anything additional that Richard Lester shot for the theatrical cut. That was all done when Richard Donner was shooting Superman 1 and 2 simultaneously. So see a lot of, so see that's what the whole, that's what the whole thing is. The, the thing is the sheer amount of footage that existed from the Donner version of Superman 2 was pretty amazing. But this Snyder Cut thing in and of itself would be a complete film that Snyder had shot yeah. with the acceptance of whatever special effects or music or stuff that still needs to be inserted into the movie. But as far as, like, whatever he needed for the movie, it all exists. So that's why it, it's so funny to still hear people saying, oh, it doesn't exist, it's not real. Honestly, the, the, <laughs> Snyder, cut, the Snyder Cut of Superman 2 is far more complete then the Donner, uh, well, of of Justice League is far more complete than the Snyder cut of Super, uh, the Donner cut of Superman too. So yeah, and, and like you know, Zach Zack Snyder, he circled on people's posters, you know, the two fourteen, yeah, you know, two hundred and fourteen minutes. So uh, you know, we all know that you know the the picture was locked, so it was all edited, it was all put together, it was just you know when people say picture is locked. Um, you still need, you know, some kind of audio mixing here and there. You need you know, some special effects finished and this and that. But the editing is done. It's complete. You can't really add and take away, start adding and take away scenes. So, you know, three, three hours and 34 minutes, that's like, that is a completely different film from, yes. from what we've got. And uh, it's, it's, I, I'm like... Really, really excited when I heard that three hour, three hours, and I, I, I joked about it on Twitter. I said, you know, Avengers Endgame is uh, uh, two hours forty nine minutes plus end credits, and I was like, hey, Snyder Cut is three hours thirty four minutes, game over. Uh, it's getting, it's already getting people annoyed, saying, you, what are you talking about? Uh, well, it, it's a joke, but in a, in a way, there's some truth to it. Come on, there is some truth to it, and I. And I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I've completely avoided any endgame spoilers because what I, what I'm trying, what I've come to realize is that we're, what we're basically getting the Russo Brothers tribute album to the Snyder Cut. That's what we're getting here. They're, they're, <laughs> doing, they're doing a lot of things that are, you know, and there, there've been a few people on Twitter who have literally posted shots from endgame that are very, very similar to the shots that Zack Snyder used for Batman v Superman, and there's some things that you, you obviously the Russo brothers are trying to take it in in a take Marvel into a more darker tone, which which I said a long time ago, it's going to take Marvel to make dark superhero films acceptable again by the masses. Because after Christopher Nolan, that's when we start. We got killed because of the Avengers, because of the success of the first Avengers movie, yeah. and that to that totally wiped away any hope. All the way back then, that wiped away any hope we had of of the darker toned superhero films being taken seriously. Look at what yeah. look at what's happened with with Hellboy. Yeah. Look at, I mean, it's just completely, I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to, 
you know, I, I feel bad when they finally do come out with that uh, new Spawn movie too. Hopefully, when that comes out, they'll at least they'll at least have gotten past this. Yeah. Everything has to be funny mentality yeah. that the studios uh, I mean, are on now. Yeah. The the thing is, Spawn is going to be like a throwback to you know movies like Blade and uh, the 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 original Hell well maybe not as you know fantastical as the um, original Hellboy movies but movies like Blade and um, uh, what other kind of dark comic Constantine things like that those those films were really dark like yes. Uh, yes. Uh, sub like uh, hell like scenes of hell and the kind of blood and gore. So we we had a good strong run of comic book movies that were dark, like The Crow. So um, it, it's is weird, like all of a sudden, you know, comic book movies are supposed to be dumb and silly and self-aware. So uh, I'm looking forward to Spawn. Hopefully, it's kind of a, a bit of a throwback to the '90s kind of comic book movies. Um, Hellboy, I did watch. I, I've watched it a couple of times now, and I find it it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining enough, but it's kind of horribly put together. But I thought the kind of visually and a lot of the the R kind of earns its R rating as well. So it was a lot of uh, good stuff in it. I kind of feel like with Hellboy, that was another case of the of the studio meddling with the director. And yeah. I think I think if we were to get a director's cut of that, that would be a lot better too than what we got in theaters. I'm not saying that the theatrical cut of Hellboy was bad, but it's just the idea that. It had potential to be be more than it was. Yeah, it, it felt a bit rushed. It felt uh, there was like horrible kind of ADR throughout the movie, right. um, just kind of ready to rush. Uh, lots of they're packing in a lot of things into the plot. Um, but uh, I, I, from what I've heard, you know, it was uh, the the director. Um, he, I don't think he was into it that much, and he had he hadn't done a movie in like nine years. Neil Marshall is again a guy who's done, um, he's done lower budget movies, you know, like The Descent and um, Dog Soldiers, but that was in the in the twenty ten in the two thousands, you know. So um, it's been a while since he's directed. I don't think it was it was a the right choice for him. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised too when they announced him, but then at the same time, uh, going back to what you were talking about, about like 90s throwback style darker superhero movies, I kind of was thinking that maybe that's what they were going for when they picked him as the director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in a way, uh, you know, if you look at his kind of resume, his kind of, his work in the past, and especially when they were saying, oh, it's going to be a, more truthful, you know, uh, uh, respecting the source material, your more source material a bit more. Um, I thought, okay, this could work, but uh, then the trailers come out and it's still kind of, you know, it's a weird mix of um, supposed to be funny and kind of uh, appealing to the kind of Marvel crowd, uh, Marvel fans kind of crowds, but uh, at the same time trying to be R-rated. So as it was, it was a weird mix. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It kind of reminded me a little bit of of Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. In the in the same in the same sense that Suicide Squad, uh, the theatrical cut, and even to some extent the extended edition that they released later on, which uh, to me was kind of worse than the theatrical cut. But but I think that they it was like they had an identity crisis. They didn't know exactly what they wanted to be as a film, so it ended up 
it ended up kind of being a little bit more flat than it should have been. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Suicide Squad, um, someone did say, I saw it on Twitter, that they in- they feel that they enjoyed Suicide Squad a bit more than Shazam, and I'm starting to, like, I can I can kind of see their point. I've watched, I've been meaning to watch Shazam a second time, but I've just not kind of brought myself to do it. Um, it's, a, it's an okay film, it's a fine film, but I don't know if there's, you know, that kind of family friendly, and it does have its darker moments, you know, it's, it's got its kind of, kind of dark, uh, uh, you know, the, the seven deadly sins and all that, but, uh, I thought Suicide Squad, because, because of its kind of soundtrack and its, uh, its characters, the cast that they had, I think there was a, a lot more interesting things going on in Suicide Squad than there is in Shazam. Yes, I, I would say that uh, Suicide Squad is a far better uh, film than Shazam, in my mind, even in the edited state that it's in. Um, but but see, that's coming from me. I'm a lifelong Shazam fan, and I really, really, <laughs> really had a lot of issues with the Shazam film. I really did. I did. I did not like it. I did not like the direction that they chose to go. I didn't like the fact that they based uh, Zachary Levy's performance of the main character off of the New 52 run of Shazam. I didn't like. There were so many things I didn't like, and I particularly hated the fact that, at least to me, in my mind, um, Zachary Levi kind of acted like he was six years old whenever he was Shazam, and the kid playing Billy Batson seemed far more intelligent when he wasn't the superhero. And that, to me, was, was the biggest problem with it, and I keep arguing with all these MCU fans about it on Twitter because all the MCU fans are cheering for Shazam, talking about how great, great of a movie it is and how this is a bold new direction for DC. And I'm just like, no, you know, Shazam might as well have been an MCU movie. That's why you guys like it so much, because it has that same, uh, you know, humor first mentality. Everything has to be funny. I mean, there were yeah. dead serious scenarios happening in that Shazam movie. And you're seeing, you're seeing like that scene where you're seeing the bus fall that Shazam is responsible for the bus, uh, yeah, the yeah. bus is about to fall on those people. And I, I remember when I saw it in the theater, that scene was horrific and people were kind of quiet during the scene. And then the moment Shazam opens his mouth and says something quippy and funny, then all of a sudden it turns into a comical scene. Yeah, and it and it and it wasn't meant to be funny, and there were a lot of little examples of that in Shazam to me that that just kind of told that kind of totally missed the mark. So yeah, I you, was because you, you had people, you had people in the the passengers like kind of falling onto the glass and things. I was like, you know, they they could have played that up a bit more serious, a bit more, you know, uh, um, you know, um, ar- like ar- urgency and. Um, so, but it was, it was play, it was kind of very soft. And you, you would have to change the whole movie. The whole tone of the movie would have to kind of change, uh, to take that a bit more seriously. So it was, a, it was a strange kind of mix of, you know, how, how far do we go with certain scenes? Um, and it is kind of, it's kind of struggling at the box office. I think it's going to pass, finally, it's going to pass 300 million worldwide this weekend. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's going to reach 400. But it, it really, at this point, I don't think it, it really has to be as big of a hit because it 
it was uh it had a lower budget than the other films didn't it sure i think sure, it yeah. was i think it was uh yeah, i think it was a f- uh, less lesser budget than say something like aquaman or or oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 this is my thing i mean after aquaman i'm like okay i, I honestly i i i tolerated aquaman I, I that's how i feel about it like i tolerated the movie and there were a lot of things i liked about it there were some things I didn't like about it, but I felt like Aquaman was a much, much better, more well-rounded film than Shazam. Shazam for me was all over the place, and I think that they, I think that they just, I, I kind of felt like they also had an identity crisis in that movie because there were a lot of things where they were trying to go for something serious. But I think I would have respected them more if they were going to make Zachary Levi the you know, bumbling idiot that they made him when he was wearing the suit, they might as well just went full-on parody and made the movie a complete comedy. I don't know why they didn't do that. They might as well have gone that direction because that's what, that that was the dominant tone that was playing throughout the movie. Even when they were doing serious things, it was coming off as comical anyway. So I really was kind of, uh, like I laughed during the scene where, where, uh, <laughs> where the, the, the big baddie walks into the boardroom and throws his brother out the window. Oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought, <laughs> my goodness, that, that, they, they should have played some Benny Hill music when he walked in and he just started, you know, the way he was acting. He was so cheesy and, you know, the mustache twirling villain, you know, it was just, to me, I just, but yeah, I was getting tore up on Twitter about that by the MCU fans, you know. You know, I'm the asshat because I don't appreciate the lighter tone that DC is, is, is taking now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the MCU fans, they can, you know, they can go, oh yeah, uh, Shazam's great, and this is a step in the right direction. Well, just wait until Joker comes out, and just wait until Birds of Prey comes out, and then they'll go back to crying about how it's too dark, how it's too violent. So um, it's never ending with those guys, but I, I, I don't mind DC. Like I knew, like Zack Snyder. There's very you, you're not going to get directors who can match Zack Snyder's you know, kind of level or his his kind of his tone that he goes for, or that his can match his ambition. So I always knew that there were going to be DC films that are you know lighter or funnier or um, you know a bit more. Um, free for the directors to take, you know, their movies in, in a different direction. So I don't mind seeing Shazam and then seeing something like Joker uh, later this year. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, I see, and I think Joker is going to be Joker. By all accounts, looks like it's going to be a, a pretty decent film. I mean, they re- it really looks like they are. And, and I like what you were saying because to me, yeah, Joker will be like the polar opposite of Shazam. Yeah. And I think what DC is trying to show now is that they're trying to show, well, we've got something for everybody. You know, we're not just trying to appeal to one demographic or market here. We're going to be all over the place. The DCEU is going to be all-encompassing. And in a lot of ways, that's good, but then in a lot of ways, that's bad, too, because one of the things that a lot of people now, the people that have kind of come around on the idea of a Snyder Cut of Justice League are saying is that at the very least, love Zack Snyder or hate him, at least Zack Snyder had a consistency in terms of tone when it came to his films and the story he wanted to tell. And and that's one of the biggest things that you, you don't see with DC now. It's like 
between even between uh Aquaman and Shazam there's a there's a difference a huge difference you you're looking at like you're saying to yourself well wait a minute i i i don't remember i don't remember Aquaman being this funny and then i think there was somebody on twitter who posted uh all of the comedic scenes that were included in Aquaman and i remember you go back and you watch it and you're like oh my god i really did not remember though that those kinds of things didn't stand out for Aquaman, the way they do in Shazam. So I kind of feel like, at least with Aquaman, it was a better balance of, you know, of different, of different tones. And of course, it took the serious stuff seriously and it took the epic stuff, stuff epically. And the funny stuff was just thrown in there, here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I know what Warner Brothers, they say, uh, oh, they've said it a couple of times, you know, we're going to, not concentrate too much that we're not that focused on building a universe and i'm like okay fair enough um but now you know what you know people used to say we want man of steel you know the new the next superman film we want the next super superman where's henry cavill and now you're you're starting to question do you really want another superman the way the you know the way henry cavill got well superman got treated in shazam um that was awful i thought that scene was it was a really poor way to end the movie um like what do you trust what this warner brothers to make a superman film without Zack snyder the only the only way i'd be happy if Zack snyder is the only way i'd be happy for a superman film is if someone like Zack snyder came back or someone on his level absolutely and like you said there are very few directors who could who could have who have that kind of vision and you know that kind of dedication to the craft that would be able to bring it out in in that way so you it would be it would be tough i mean i don't know maybe maybe christopher nolan could do it but oh yeah definitely <laughs> i you know but other than that i i don't really know who i would pick you know for for superman if it couldn't be Zack snyder and like in the you made the perfect point about the about the final scene of Shazam with 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 the way uh, Superman was treated. There was no reason in the world why that scene should not have featured Henry Cavill. I mean, come on, you yeah. you really you really if 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 we're if that wasn't a confirmation that we that chances are that Henry Cavill will never play Superman again, I don't know what is. Because I think that was the perfect opportunity, and it was such a small scene, too, that you really... And and my thing was, what I found more disgusting was the fact that they used the Donner Superman music for when he walked in the cafeteria. I think that should should alarm those of us that want Snyder more than anything else. Yeah. Because they could have just... I didn't notice it, to be honest. I thought, like, I thought I heard it, and then people, you know, after, you know, I, I saw the reaction on social media. People were saying, "Oh, yes, definitely the the Donner theme," but I, I can't be sure. I would need to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the Donner theme, and <laughs> I would just so when I heard that, I was like, "Well, see, there you go." So if we get another. Uh, Superman movie. The alarming thing is these same MCU fans that are on Twitter celebrating Shazam are saying, th- quoting and saying things like, "This is how a Superman movie should be." <laughs> and when I'm and when I'm yeah. seeing stuff like that, I'm getting nervous because that would be the last thing that you'd want for a Superman movie. You go from something epic like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman to getting a 
farcical Shazam-like Superman movie just to please these these masses that want to laugh and make love to their popcorn. I, I don't know. I'm I'm completely confused. I'd be like, wow, you that's what you want from a Superman movie? Yeah, this is strange. I mean, I I don't think they actually care. I think they just kind of say these things to kind of um, have a dig at DC fans. Or be, I, 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 there's no way they, they actually want a Superman movie like that because they got, in a way, they got you know Superman Returns, which was you know kind of classic Superman, or it was they which, were uh, to, which everybody complained about. Yeah, too. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah, Superman so Returns. They, <laughs> So they want they, that was made to uh, fit into the Christopher Reeve movies, and it was it wasn't very good, and it was a, a bit of a flop as well. I think it it turned out uh, it, it just it just goes to show what happens when you come around and you do like a tribute film to some classic films like the Donner films. You took a you take a director that comes in and he's ba- he's basically told, "Okay, beat for beat, we need you to replicate what happened in Superman the movie, but we need you to put a modern aesthetic on it." And that's what you got with Superman Returns and and I don't think any director I I really don't think any director could have did that. I think at this in this day and age we required a new Superman altogether separate from the Donnerverse, which, which is why it baffles me so much why they would, you know, cling to nostalgia so much and, and use, you know, Donner Superman music in Justice League and use Donner Superman music in Shazam and why, why do that? You, you, you want to move away from that even if you want your Superman to be nostalgic. He can still have, he's still the same character. He can still have, some of those elements from those other films and other stories, but Superman's got almost a hundred years of material to to mine from. You don't need to keep yeah. going back to this this one live action iteration of the character. I know it's beloved, but if you were going to do that, you should have just continued in the Donner verse. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's uh, what. Uh, I, You've got to kind of question as well. What was the point of bringing out a Shazam movie? Like I know it's you know, it's kind of uh, pointless asking it now, but you know you've I don't get it. Like what what are they building towards? I know they say they they're downplaying the kind of universe side, but you, you, they had they had Superman and Shazam. They had the kind of batarang and um, you know the, the reference to you know the Superman bullet. You know I, I did I did actually laugh at that scene when he drops the bullet down the drain. I thought that was quite quite funny, but um, you know it's, it's, it's things like that. I I, I can't imagine you know a uh, uh, Henry Cavill Superman and a Zachary Levi Shazam in the same movie. You know like a Justice League movie. I, I I'm kind of dreading seeing that. Yeah, and depending upon how it's played off, too, because, again, Zachary Levy, he plays uh, Shazam like a six-year-old. He doesn't play Shazam like like a 14-year-old kid trying to live up to being a hero. He plays... Yeah. He plays it down like he's playing a little, like he's playing a little kid. And it just, it, I think it's insulting to fans of the character of Shazam. And, you know, because we all know if we, if you've gone back and you've read old Shazam comics and you've seen old adaptions, that that's what the kid does. The kid 
tries to live up to being a superhero. He doesn't just suddenly lose all of the sense that he has and starts acting like, just like, basically, I, I, I want to say, it seemed like Zachary Levi was, was, was fanboying over himself in the suit. That's what it felt like to me. Like, yeah. he just was, he just was so excited to be playing that character that it just, that you couldn't take anything that he said or did serious because he was just having fun. He was just enjoying being in the suit, enjoying being the character. And, and that's fine if that's the kind of movie you're trying to make. That's why I say I think they should have gone just full comedy. They should have just did like a full parody, and then you 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 know that that's what you're getting. You're getting a straight up comedy. You're not getting anything else, and you could everybody could have gone into it laughing and knowing that that's what they were getting. But that's not that's not what they did with this movie. So I don't know. I I'm. Uh, do you think uh, they'll uh, go into a sequel? Do Do you think they're uh, going to greenlight a sequel? Quick, oh yeah. Or? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I bet you, I bet you, man, that we're going to get another Shazam movie before we get a Man of Steel 2 or anything else with <laughs> yeah. Superman. Guaranteed. And, and even if we do get another Superman movie, I, you know, and I hate to be, you know, pessimistic like that, but I feel like even if we get another Superman movie, it's not going to be with Henry Cavill. It's going to be a different actor altogether. Because they, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're playing so many games that you, at this point you, you know, I, that would have been the confirmation for everybody, though, if Henry Cavill came out in the suit in the cafeteria. That would have been, and, and I don't know if I even believe the rumors because they said that there, there's rumors, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you know for a fact, but from what I read, they did shoot the scene with Henry Cavill, but they didn't use it because they didn't have his contract negotiations worked out. But then I read conflicting reports that said that they couldn't, that they never could film the scene with Henry Cavill because he had scheduling conflicts. So I don't know which one is true. I mean, but I've, I did hear mm. both. I'm, I'm sure I, I saw a picture of uh, um, his agent and him, Henry Cavill, in his, in his suit, uh, like a silhouette of them on set. And I think that was supposed to be in reference, like that, that was the picture taken at the Shazam shooting. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what, what, what to believe. I mean, I'd like to believe that he shot the scene, but even if he shot the scene, to not include it is not a good is not a good omen for those of us that want to see Henry Cavill back as Superman. Mm. I mean, you would think that would be a no brainer that if you're going to have if if that's your Superman and you know everybody loves that guy as Superman, then you're going to do everything you can to get that guy back as the character. I just... Yeah. I mean, th there's so many things kind of up in the air. You've got that situation. You've got the uh, Ezra Miller situation. Um, the last you heard was uh, he's writing an, uh, a different script with Grant Morrison, which uh, I think a lot of fans are kind of excited about. But, you know, who knows what... Warner Brothers going to decide decide in the end. Um, Ray Fisher, nothing nothing happening on his side. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Warner Brothers they do like you know someone like Walter Hamada. He is the he is the DC Films president now. So like what what is their kind of plan going forward? You know they are they're keeping a lot of things close to their chest. And when it comes to the, the Snyder Cut, if you if you look at 
the way things have been kind of, uh, you know, Snyder, Zack Snyder's been, I'm sure he's been told that he's, it's okay, you can tell these things to your fans, you can give them little things here and there, you know, tell them, you know, you can set up the Snyder Con and, you know, I, I'm sure he was allowed to say that, those things, especially about the original Justice League plan um, and maybe kind of get in there and uh, maybe troll Marvel and the Russo brothers. What, what, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I think, so. I, I think I so, heard, too. Yeah, because I heard that um, Walter Hamada is the guy who uh, gave those details about the Justice League plan to Kevin Smith. That, that's what I heard. Oh, okay. Well, and also, this is something that I that I heard a long time ago. I heard that Walter Hamada is a Zack Snyder fan, and that yeah. Walter Hamada is in favor of a of Zack's original vision for the Justice League. So I, so you know, with that all being said, I mean, who knows under Hamada how much control? I mean, obviously Hamada didn't have control at the time. When Justice League was was being uh, released, so maybe maybe now that he is fully in control, maybe we really will get you know the Snyder cut. I mean, it doesn't mean that we're going to get even if we get the Snyder cut, it doesn't mean that they're going to bring Zach back for any you know future films. But at least we can get if we get the Snyder cut, and they can move, they can use the Snyder. There's room for the Snyder cut in everything that they're doing in the hodgepodge of you know, movies for everybody that they're making. I, I mm. and then, and all the, the the information that we get, like you know, from one week to another, it's almost like we are getting, um, uh, you know, production news and uh, you know pre-release information before a, a movie comes out. It's almost kind of similar in that way. So um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm kind of reading too much into it. I, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I'm not. I'm hoping we're getting. We're gonna actually get something soon, but it's just hard to. It's just hard to fathom because at this point we're looking at, you know, like you said, there's so much coming out, and and you know you don't know what to believe, and it's like you know people, you know, some people feel like the you know the phone calling is has kind of reached its peak. Like I know. uh uh, Dave, the film junkie, had said that and had reiterated that yesterday. That it's kind of at the point where it's like we're beating a dead horse with the with the phone conversation stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm still trying to make it my mission to get to get uh, Walter Hamada for the podcast. But see, the thing is, Walter Hamada doesn't speak. That's the thing. That's what we're that's what we're learning. He hasn't come out and said anything. He's like the silent uh, the silent boss. We don't. We don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, he he was at the he was at the Shazam premiere, um, and you, you know when IGN was interviewing um, Peter Safran, is that his name? Um, you, you saw Walter Hamada in the background taking pictures. I was like, that's the guy you need to. That's the guy you need to interview. Isn't that, right the guy, isn't that the guy that runs? Isn't that the guy that runs everything? Why are we interviewing <laughs> this dude over here? Yeah, I, I'm I'm confused too. I'm I'm just like. Wow, and 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 that that's by design. He uh, Zach's um, Walter Hamada just seems like that's what he wants to do. Like he wants to blend in and doesn't really wanna doesn't really wanna come out and say anything. 
I mean, what if if we if it turns out that the only reason why he doesn't say anything is because he's got all these plans and he's like a bigger fanboy than the rest of us, and he's just <laughs> afraid that if he gets up and he starts talking, he's gonna say too much. So he would rather <laughs> he would rather just not just not say anything at all. You know, keep him busy with this, that, and the other, so that he doesn't you know so that he doesn't spill the beans, kind of a thing. Yeah. Like he's one of those types. I don't know, but I, but I, I found it encouraging when I heard that, you know, that he's a Zack Snyder fan. I, I mean, that's definitely good for us if he is. I mean, it, it, it makes, it would make sense and it would, you know, cause again, we didn't get anything about any Snyder con or anything like that before he took over. So yeah. It's kind yeah. Of, so it's kind of. And, and we, you know, we've got Shazam out the way, so we can actually kind of, we can look forward to Joker, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 84. That, that's like, that's like three films that I, I don't have any kind of hesitation about. I think they're all going to be like really good and I'm kind of re- really looking forward to each one. So, um, I can be excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They, they definitely look like they're not going to be, uh, Super comedies like what we got with Shazam, and and I, I think that that's, I think that that's a big, I, I think for, well at least for me that's a big plus, because the less like the Marvel universe that these movies are, the better off I think we'll be. I'm not encouraged by all this, all this conflicting stuff we're getting about that Swamp Thing TV show though. I think yeah. that's I think that that's kind of disheartening if any of that is true because because I don't know I was really really looking forward to Swamp Thing I I still am I'm just hoping that it's not going to be a complete it's not going to be a, undergo a complete creative shakeup or anything like that Yeah I, I like TV shows they're um, I'm not kind of into TV shows. They're my kind of cut-off point. Uh, it's, it's, it's too much. There's too much going on. You know, you've got you know your content that you need to create. There's movies that I need to watch. There's uh, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's video game. I've got a video game backlog. I need to catch up on. Who knows when that's going to happen? So what are you? Um, so what's your? So okay, you said you got a video game backlog. Get your catching <laughs> up on. What what kind of video games are are you are you primarily interested in? Because for me, it's retro video games. I like the old oh, classic no. video game systems. My favorite video game system of all time is the TurboGrafx-16. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> that's a that's well, a, an old video old retro video game. It was a 16-bit video game system. Uh right. it was released back in the it was released back in the 80s and it had a had a CD and it completed it competed with uh with Nintendo at the time, and it was just—it's just a, just a really, really beautiful system. You should should check it out if you if you're at all interested in retro games. All right, well, I, I'm a bit more modern with my video games. I'm more of a, a PS4 uh, fan. I'm a PlayStation fan, so I've got there's games I need to catch up on. My like God of War. I've got a PS I've got a PS4 and it's sat here and collected dust for I, almost a year. <laughs> I, I have I really don't do too much with the PS4. I think the last uh game I bought on PS4 was this this Castlevania bundle which which uh had uh Castlevania Rondo of Blood and Castlevania Symphony of the Night as two mm. downloadable games and I, I that was the that was the last thing I think I purchased for PS4 a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. 
So like like you were saying, so you know we've got I've got games, got movies that I need to catch up on as well. So um, when it comes to TV shows, that's like my cutoff point. I, I cannot deal with them. Maybe once in a while, I, I, like I caught up with Daredevil, I caught up with uh, okay. Ash versus Evil Dead, which 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 was like you know which very short really episodes. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, short episodes. You know, so you can can get that done. Uh, can can watch a season in a day. So that's pretty cool. Uh, people asking me what you know what about Game of Thrones? I'm like hell no. I, I've watched the first season and that was enough for me. So uh, there's no way I'm catching up on that. Um, but I've heard good things about you know Titans, Doom Patrol, uh, and people excited for Swamp Thing. And I, like I heard about this, you know they're going to rewrite the last episode or something, or they they they're cutting it down from 13 episodes to eight episodes. Um, which could also be a good thing. I mean, you, there's no like I hate it when there's like 13 episodes, uh, especially in Daredevil season three, which was a like, lot of a lot of filler in Daredevil. Yeah, a lot of filler. Yeah. yeah. So um, it might be a good thing for Swamp Thing. You know, maybe maybe they thought you know round about se- uh, round about episode eight, they've got a strong ending, and then they can lead into season two. Who knows? Well, I mean, if it's true what they're saying about the the idea that they might that that uh AT&T is going to do like a WB streaming service in that in that uh DC universe thing that's only available in the United States will fold and then they'll have one big maybe that'll be a good thing because then at least if it's a WB streaming service it might become an international thing which I think is a good thing because as of right now all the inter- international distribution rights for the DC uh universe shows anyway is Netflix. So if you're anywhere yeah. else in the world than you're in Scotland, you've got all your DC Universe <laughs> stuff on Netflix. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's all it's like it's all going to be a, a big streaming app war. You know, like, like you've <laughs> yeah. got Disney, Disney Plus, you've got Apple Plus, you've got uh, the DC Universe or Warner Brothers Entertainment, whatever. So uh, Netflix. So it's going to be that. That's the future, basically. Oh yeah, it's all it's all streaming. The con- your content of, and this is where I feel almost like even like owning digital movies. I kind of feel like that's going to come to an end too at some point because you because all it's going to be all up to your to you to get the right streaming services to see the content that you want to see. And in a lot of ways, it kind of makes sense because there's really more content out there now than that which we can actually sit there and consume in one lifetime. I mean, think about like, oh, like yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I, I mean, I love what you pointed out about your being, you being a, you know, a content creator yourself. You're putting content out there. You're adding to this stream of endless amounts of content that exists. You know, we're, <laughs> that's, that's what we're doing. We're adding content out there to a world that's already flooded with content. And so. Yeah. Given the fact, you know, that you are an amazing uh, YouTube content creator, can can you talk a little bit about it though? Like, your what are some uh, some of the things that you you try to do? I, I one of the things I've always admired about your videos, and I like since I've been following you, is is your your sense of humor and your sense of spin that you put on a lot of these videos. I think <laughs> I think it's amazing. You go in there and you just totally make like you know, for example, when we were talking, we were have been talking about the Snyder Cut, and and you you did that little video where you where you put together all the footage of all these lighter people talking about the Snyder cut and then doing yeah. their 180. I mean, I mean, what do you what does it make you I mean, 
that takes a lot of time to go in there and find all that footage and then go in and re-edit all that footage together to, to match what you're trying <laughs> to say. I mean, do, do you have, do you always have that kind of uh, mindset that, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to, do you plan out each and every video meticulously and decide, okay, I need to go in and find all this content so that I can do, so that I can cut all this yeah. together? I mean, what's that process um, like? It can it can vary you know, from from when uh, one video to another is, is different because so, sometimes the idea just comes to you and then okay. you, you know you know where to go to find the information because you remember it or you've seen it before. Like I I I, I like using Twitter to kind of like videos that people have shared, um, and then I just going back into my like section and you know pick out videos or you know ideas something that someone might have posted and it sets off a light bulb in my head you know so sometimes the video just kind of puts puts itself together but other times it might might take a bit longer and sometimes i just give up because there's not enough footage that i can find but um like I early on when I used to make fun of Collider and all these other oh, channels, yeah. <laughs> that that was because I used to watch you know AMC Movie Talk and then Collider and uh, that that's back back then. So I had a lot of footage, but you know you, that that used to get me in, into a lot of trouble with uh, Christian Harloff of uh, Collider because he used to send copyright strikes because you know he can't handle criticism. So. Um, that's after a while, just kind of gave up watching them. So that's why maybe, uh, maybe recently I've done a couple of more videos on them. Um, because they, they, they were talking about me on a recent episode and, um, yeah, I, I try to avoid that kind of stuff now, but, you know, I know, I know my kind of sense of humor, it can be, uh, sometimes it's misinterpreted because I have characters on the show as well. You know, I've got a little puppet character. He's a, right. I've got Coco Rodriguez. He's a alien superhero, you know, so he's got that kind of superhero vibe. Um, there's my uh, alter ego, Shorty McShortbread, and uh, then there's the, the little robot, Randall Savage. So we, I've got all these different characters, uh, different people. You know, they subscribe to my channel for different reasons. So uh, there's a, a weird mix of subscribers on my channel. I, I, some, I think I'm going to hit 20,000 subscribers this weekend. So um, these last few videos on Avengers and Brie Larson, a lot of people are searching for that kind of stuff and they're all subscribing. Um, who knows how they'll react to the kind of videos I'm going to do in a day or two. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a weird situation with YouTube. Yeah, well, I mean, it definitely works for you. I feel like you have one of the most well-rounded YouTube channels out there, period. I mean, it's definitely, your content is definitely entertaining on colossal levels. I mean, you go on, <laughs> go on your page, I mean, you can find anything. I mean, and if, and like a lot of the stuff that you do is you, you know, you just want to laugh. And there it is. It's it's all there, and and you know you do a lot of great serious stuff too. You have your, you know your your podcasting, and your you know when you talk about different films, and you have people that come on your, you know, and talk and talk with you. Like I think the last big one I listened to with you was when you when you did your, uh, you did your your Shazam review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was a, a live stream and a live stream. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that that was like I wasn't planning it, but 
I had my friend, um, I call him Dr. Ooze. Uh, he, he's on, he's on, he's got the DC versus Marvel podcast. You can find it on iTunes and all that. And, um, he's really good at podcasting and he's got a great voice and great knowledge about comic books and comic book movies uh, and about the business as well. So he, he came in and uh, we had a good discussion. So I, I like it when I get to talk to other people or other people join in. Um, kind of gets a bit boring when it's just me, but, um, but like you say, I, I just wanna, like the, the first year, the, during the first year, I think that was 2015, um, I was just doing kind of regular film reviews, I was just doing kind of news, it was a bit boring, you know, it was more kind of geared towards, you know, kind of regular movie news, podcasting, that kind of thing. And then in 2016, I was like, the hell with this i'm just going to do the crazy characters and uh have a bit of fun and that's when i started growing because it started become entertaining and having a laugh and um so i just i've just kind of continued that and uh so any anyone who wants to be a youtuber just be just be entertaining and have a have a laugh take some risks and uh you'll probably find your audience it takes a while to find your audience but i, I don't even know if i have a kind of a set audience right now so because like i say uh i'm getting uh subscribers coming in from different different for different reasons yeah exactly and and you know what i kind of look at it like this it doesn't matter where your subscribers or followers come from it really doesn't the fact that they're there (laughs) is a wonderful thing and and you know that you're doing something right when they keep coming so that's so that's pretty epic that's and then you awesome. get your heat. Once you know you've got some haters oh. as well, then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I love it. I love that too. I love, I love that. That's a really, that's a really great thing because you learn to love your haters. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, because and, and because it's the idea of trying uh, of you, when you learn that you really are not nothing you do is going to convince them to like you, but they're still paying attention to all your stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, there's really no difference. I mean, you're still watching, you're still paying attention. You're still, you know, interested in what I'm doing here. So it's, you know, that's on you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but, uh, sure. but it's, but yeah, it's all amazing. Uh, a lot of great, a lot of great stuff we're looking ahead to now. We've got, since we've got Avengers end game coming out, uh, and after Endgame, it's like, I think everything will be, you know, pushing outside of the DC stuff. We'll be thinking about, we'll be thinking about, about Star Wars. Where are you on the, on the trailer right now? Are you excited for the upcoming film or are you? Um, I, well, I don't have any plans to watch Avengers. You know, so, uh, I would say I'm a little bit excited for Star Wars. So that, there is that. Um, I don't plan to watch Endgame. No interest in that. But um, I'd like to see what J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio, I'd like to see how they salvage this that, franchise. That's, that's definitely yeah. got, you know, and I, that's a great point I, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny that you got the you got the guy responsible for a lot of the story for Batman v Superman coming in to save Star Wars. That's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, in, that's incredible. That, that tells you a lot about... Where things have gone, because it's gonna it's gonna take a special kind of writer to salvage uh, Star Wars yeah. after after the after the last film. So. Yeah, and uh, I mean the thing is, like, uh, even though you know it's, it's episode nine, and I, I was 
you know, you would think at this stage everyone would be hyped to know what what's going to happen in this final episode. Nobody, I, I'm not getting that feeling from anyone. Is I'm sure people are <laughs> going to go and watch it. They're going to go and watch it. They're going to enjoy the ride, but there's no kind of um, hype or tension about what's to come, and that's because of the Last Jedi, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that film really ruined the franchise, leveled it for a lot of people. I mean, it's just, and you know, it's, it's amazing how it's, how they started off so strong with The Force Awakens. I mean, the hype for the, the, for, for The Last Jedi after The Force Awakens was absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. And, uh, apart from that, I'm looking forward to Godzilla, John Wick, yes. Chapter 3. Um, so that's probably two summer movies I'm looking forward to. Yeah, sounds great. I'm with you there. I'm looking forward to both of those as well. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then Star Wars to see how they salvage the franchise at the end of the year. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping maybe we get a, we get a Snyder cut in theaters for a while after before the end of the year. I'm hoping, oh, but that, that that would that would be all the Christmases come at the same time. That would be amazing. It absolutely, would it would be, and and that's why I'm. It's like it's like yeah, we got so many of us. We've got thousands, maybe even millions of us that are hoping for that. <laughs> but who knows? I don't. I'm. I don't know what I don't know what to make of any make of any of it. I'm I'm hoping that even with the phone with the phone call stuff and all the little campaigns and things we've run, I I, I just I just hope that they're that they're going to take it seriously and at some point release that Snyder cut. It's mm. and well, the, there's another campaign we're doing on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, the 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 video campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, little uh, the little video campaign. I'll yeah, I'm going to be recording my little video too i, I actually yeah. I, I i you know generally speaking i'm not a video guy but for this you know what i'll do a little video it's like hey everybody do their part and show that we're faces that we're real people yeah you know not not just twitter handles and voices <laughs> yeah yeah but uh but you know what i i am so thankful that you came on tonight it's been a pleasure speaking with you film gob i've i've been excited i was so excited to do this and i'm just glad we were able to work it out it's been wonderful having you no it's, it's a pleasure being on here it's, it's good to meet you you know because like i said i saw you on twitter here and there but i never kind of connected with you until now so it's good to meet someone else who's into the in this movement and uh look forward to seeing more of you yeah and and we'll be we'll be check we'll be checking out more of you for sure and we'll have to have I, my plan is at some point when the when the Snyder cut is finally released <laughs> my my dream my dream show would be to do a 2 hour show where i have where i have you have dave have chris wong have all the major you know all the major all of us that have been doing all of this stuff for all this time all together on one show to talk yeah. about it all and i and i think that would be a that would be a phenomenal uh that would be a phenomenal way to cap it all off once we once we finally get what we've been fighting for that would be that would be good yeah that'd be awesome so with that, with all, with that being said, we're, I'm going to go ahead and end tonight's episode of the Zod Rider Show. This is kind of, this has been a one hour show and, uh, I, you know, I know I normally, I normally do a two hour show, but, you know, schedules, 
schedules don't all don't always permit, but it's been wonderful, you know, having you on tonight, Film Gob. And uh, we're going to be back next week with more of the Zod Rider Show on PSN-Radio.com. And I'm going to go ahead and end tonight's episode with a song from Georgina Revel. This is Dance for Love. See you next week. Just